Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. I'm Gavin Costigan and this week we're discussing how companies emerge from the coronavirus and in particular the global supply chains that they have and how they may change. With me to discuss that is Professor Lenny Coe, Chair in Operations Management at the University of Sheffield. Lenny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gavin. Before we discuss the impact of coronavirus, can you set out for us the scale and complexity of the supply chains for large international companies at the moment? Sure. Uh, supply chains for large international companies tend to be really global with multi-tier of suppliers across border and geography. And usually they're intertwined with large supply network and highly complex. The scale and complexity would really depend on the specific industry sectors so in such a supply chain, uh, small and medium-sized enterprises can be involved in certain tiers of the chain, and it is essential to ensure the supply chain as a whole system is strong, stable, secure, sustainable, and resilient. The scale and complexity would also depend on the trade and structure of the supply chains in both manufacturing and services, namely their trade, procurement, and operational organization as a global supply chain, regional supply chain or national supply chain, and their upstream, midstream, and downstream structure and proportion amongst the industrial chain in the upstream, midstream, downstream, manufacturing supply chains in the upstream and midstream, and service supply chains in the downstream. So you talked about this varying by industry sector. Which sectors are most complex and most international? Yes, uh, this varies really. And critical sectors such as aviation, uh, pharmaceutical or healthcare, food, energy, transport, automotive, digital and telecommunication supply chains are much more complex and larger uh, as compared to the other sectors and they are international. And comparing to other sectors, they can be resource efficiently regionalized, uh, nationalized or localized, where alternative sourcing and nearshoring can be considered. And this effectively, effectively means your supply chain resources content, value, and reliability are dependent upon foreign relations and trade deals, fiscal tariff and policy changes, governance, rules, and standards, accessibility to critical materials supply, logistical efficiency, stability of the global supply chains, or even the climate and resources availability condition. So the integration with chemical, mining, mineral and materials and oil and gas or energy sectors as fundamental resources input have really made such a supply chain even more complex and international. As an example, the semiconductor, electronic and electrical and telecommunication sectors are closely intertwined. So the tie based on dependency on accessibility to critical and new materials required from inter international suppliers, for example, from the US, China and Japan for manufacturing of electronic and electrical components for telecommunication devices in the UK, USA and China, along with innovative manufacturing technology directly affect the performance of their supply chains. So you've painted this incredibly complex picture. Let's now focus a little bit on the impact of coronavirus and on companies and on their supply chains. So obviously the first thing that's happened is uh, a widespread lockdown across many, many countries. What has been the, the short-term effect on supply chains during this lockdown period? Sure. 
And to be honest, it is not only supply chains that compete, uh, but also the strengths of their resource capital and sustainability. And consequently, their widespread lockdown across many countries as a result of the coronavirus pandemic has led to major supply chain disruptions globally. So for instance, the shortages due to increased demand are caused by the fragmentation of resources, inefficient resources management, and a lack of resilience within supply chains. Supply chain resources can be categorized into environmental, economic, and social capital resources. So by capturing and quantifying these different types of capital streams for critical production cycles, we can measure and manage the sustainability of supply chain resources more efficiently, hence improving supply chain stability, security, and resilience. Doing so would mean two countries could strike a deal to share resources, enabling both to strengthen each other's supply chains. And hopefully that may be one thing that emerges as we come out of this crisis. And just at the moment, uh, certainly in the UK and in some other countries, lockdowns are beginning to be eased. So what are the immediate issues surrounding getting supply chains up and running again after a period of lockdown? Yes, um, there are so many issues on top of their mind, really. And COVID-19 has instigated many changes within the global supply chain. Industry had to adapt and restructure. And pre-COVID-19 situation, priorities were focused on economy and less on the environmental and social aspects. The trend was for industry to offshore and move manufacturing abroad. But post-COVID-19, governments prioritize supply chain stability, security, sustainability, and resilience. So economic, environmental, and social aspects become increasingly essential. Economy and supply chain recovery go hand in hand. So governments around the world are working on this already. For instance, US federal government's major quantitative easing pumped trillions of dollars of financial loans and incentives to stimulate and recover the economy, industry, and supply chain. The UK government's furlough scheme to protect employment and livelihood, major industry loan to support business continuity, and working towards a green economy recovery. Another example is China government announced at the two sessions of the 13th National People's Congress in Beijing, recently in May, uh, that would inject 6 trillion RMB into the economy as part of its economic recovery. And China is expected to achieve positive economic growth this year if security in six key areas is ensured. So according to them, the six, uh, the six areas are job security, basic living needs, operations of market entities, food and energy security, stable industrials and supply chains, and the normal functioning of primary level governments. So the way organizations and nations have converged their resources, capacities, capabilities, and supply chains to address the coronavirus pandemic proves that a new interconnectedness and more global collaboration is possible. For instance, yeah. global vaccine development, UK ventilator challenge program, repurposing of facilities and technologies, redeployment of services, major shift to digital technology and so on. So really identifying and managing the interconnectedness and overlaps that occur in resources cycle will help optimize the overall sustainability of supply chain resources for specific sectors now and in the future in order to improve supply chain stability, security, sustainability and resilience. So for economy and supply chain recovery in the UK, 
prioritization of all of these immediate issues to get the supply chains up and running again is very important. And I can see that uh, all countries, governments, including the UK, are thinking very hard about what actions to take. But nonetheless, as we emerge from the coronavirus, there is uh, a clear potential for a large recession in many countries. And how does such a, a large, potentially global recession, affect the speed at which companies can move to re-establish their supply chains? Yes. So according to the European Economic Forecast data, spring 2020, the U.S. economy is expected to contract by 6.5% in 2020 and then rebound by almost 5% next year in 2021. In addition, the Chinese economy is expected to grow by about 1% in 2020 and to pick up by around 8% in 2021. Supply chain disruptions as well as significantly lower demand from the rest of the world due to coronavirus pandemic outbreak are projected to reduce China's exports massively by more than 10% this year. So the UK economy, on the other hand, is expected to grow by about 6% in 2021 with a sharp drop at minus 8.3% in 2020. So the EU GDP is forecast to contract by about 7.5% this year far deeper than during the global financial crisis in 2009 and to rebound by only 6% in 2021. So this really suggests that only gradual U-shaped recovery for the economy will occur. So next year, non-EU world imports are set to increase by about 6 and a quarter percent, a pace closer to a global economic activity. A stronger rebound is really unlikely as trade policy uncertainty is assumed to remain unabated and the pandemic crisis is expected to trigger some permanent damage to global supply chains. So this uncertain economic outlook will affect the speed at which companies move to re-establish their supply chains. Questions remain whether they will go back to their established supply chains or use this opportunity to review and renew their supply chains for the future. And that's precisely the question I I was going to ask you. Looking longer term, are those supply chains likely to be a reflection of what they were a few years ago? Or or will uh, companies reshape them? You were talking earlier about what countries were doing to focus on different things that they weren't focusing on before. But what about companies? Are, Are they going to reshape their supply chains in a different way? Mm -hmm. Learning from the impact of the coronavirus pandemic in the longer term, companies in the critical sectors supply chain are likely to reprioritize, streamline and adapt their resource capital in reshaping their supply chains, in my view. So new business models and new supply chain structures will emerge. Okay. And those structures, I mean, are we seeing a a reverse of globalization in supply chains with, I don't know, a higher value placed on resilience, for example, than, than there was beforehand. Mm. This is a great opportunity. So there are some school of thoughts exploring the possibility of the end of globalization in supply chains. And this fracture largely is induced by the supply chain disruptions due to the coronavirus pandemic. For instance, some US and Japanese companies have been encouraged to reshore their manufacturing facilities away from China, back to US and Japan. And the reverse of globalization is against the principle of economic model and free trade. Whilst it may happen to very small section of critical sectors, 
it is unlikely to be a stable, secure, sustainable and resilient approach to the majority of the sectors. In contrast, the majority think that future supply chain will be more global, with more emphasis on supply chain stability, security, sustainability and resilience, with high economic, environmental and social performances. Multilateralism principle would be preferred along with a global outlook, and this fits strategically with the global Britain strategy after Brexit. Regionalism is likely to emerge through partnership with economic bloc. For instance, the Belt and Road Initiative will be further strengthened, and regional supply chains may lead to more supply chain security, sustainability and resilience, but not too much on supply chain stability. The economic environmental and social performance in such a supply chain structure may be lower than a global structure. On the other hand, unilateralism, where the whole supply chain is fully contained within a country nationally, could be one of the possible structures. However, this structure is not feasible for the majority of the sectors, including the critical sectors, due to the dependency of resources upstream, midstream, or downstream in the industrial and supply chains. This structure mirrors the reverse of a global supply chain, whilst it may deliver supply chain security, sustainability and resilience, but not stability. So it tends to have lower economic impact because of limited market, though the environmental and social impacts could be rather high. So taking a balanced view, increasing the national content, whilst at the same time, globalizing the supply chains through trade deals with key partners will lead to a win-win-win formula for the UK. And in some quarters, there's discussion of trying to have a green recovery after the pandemic, uh, which could mean business picking up more of the full environmental cost of their activities. If this happens, how does that change the business supply model, supply chain model? Green recovery is essential and absolutely makes sense for this to be integrated in the economy and supply chain recovery. If this happens, it will revolutionize the business model of those future supply chain structure. This fits with the UK-led net zero target, which is legally binding and the world's first. This is a great moment to demonstrate our leadership in this domain by accelerating economy and supply chain recovery investment and their research and innovation, infrastructure, development and application of all types of solutions in partnership with industry, government, academia and society. The critical sectors mentioned earlier, especially those that are carbon intensive, should be prioritized. This is an area where UK leads the world, therefore it fits strategically with the global outlook. Obviously the virus has caused the biggest economic shock in many decades. You've talked about some of the potential things that can happen. How do you see the next 12 to 18 months panning out in terms of companies re-establishing themselves? Well, this is about getting the priority right and taking stock and preparation to navigate towards the common goal in the economy and supply chain recovery in the next 12 to 18 months. So crucially, I would say companies shall first exploit digital technologies, for example, blockchain, AI, cloud, etc., across the supply chain. Second, embed resource efficiency across the supply chain. Third, invest and adopt low carbon technologies, innovations and solutions across the supply chains. Fourth, integrate economic, environment and social objectives across the supply chain. Fifth, 
optimize supply chain stability, security, sustainability, and resilience. And sixth, globalize the supply chain and enhance partnership and resource trade deal with support from governments and the relevant policies. And overall, are you hopeful and positive that the UK economy and the global economy can recover to a good place after this massive shock? Yes. Overall, uh, I'm optimistic of the recovery for the UK to rebound, to recover back from this massive shock because our economy is built from a very resilient and, you know, structure. And then due to our international partnership with friends around the world and our very solid foundation of areas that, are very, that we have really strong capabilities and capacities to grow, so we are in a very good position to excel post-COVID-19. Well, thank you very much. That's a positive place to end. Professor Lenny Coe, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week, I was speaking with Professor Lenny Coe from the University of Sheffield. Professor Coe is also a speaker at a free online event being organised by the Foundation on the 22nd of June, entitled The New Normal for Business Post-Coronavirus, Supply Chains and Resilience. For details of that event and how to register, plus information on the other work of the Foundation, and of course all previous editions of the Foundation for Science and Technology podcast, do visit our website at www.foundation.org.uk.